Guys, one of the things that I am personally obsessed with is learning from the experience of others who have been there, who have done that, who might be a few levels above where I'm at and are where I wanna go. And today's guest is one of those people in the roofing and construction industry that I think we'll get a lot of value from. Dan Young is the owner of Young Construction of Northern Iowa. They've got three or four locations in Northern Iowa and Minnesota. They've been in business for 23 years. They've grown at a steady rate, nothing too flashy, nothing too fancy. Chances are you probably haven't heard of Young Construction before. However, this conversation is a masterclass in building a brand, leadership, putting the right systems in place, some of the insights that Dan shares about building and retaining your team and leading your team and creating leaders are invaluable to any leader who is looking to grow. We touch on the accounting, the finances, and Dan really opens up and gets really vulnerable and honest about some of the, the failures that he's had, some of the pitfalls that he's had, some of the moments that were big lessons, learning lessons for him and his team as they've grown this company over the past couple of decades. And not every year has been an up year. There have been ups and downs, as is the norm for any business that survives and thrives over a couple of decades. So Dan is a very special human, someone that I've gotten to know really well over the past few years. We first met at some of the industry conferences and events. We've been working together for three or four years now. I've been out there to Iowa to work with their team and to hang out with their family and, and have a good steak dinner there in Northern Iowa. And we've broken bread and had many meals together at different events. So Dan's an amazing person, awesome leader, extraordinary business owner, and someone that people of any level can learn from, especially those who are in their first five or 10 years of business and really looking to put all of the pieces in place to make everything happen, to create that business that you dreamed of when you first started. There's no magic to it, so if you're looking for magic, you can you know tune out and go to another podcast, go to another YouTube video, there's no magic here. This is the, the stuff that builds businesses that Dan shares with us today. So with that being said, tune in, take some notes, and enjoy this episode with my friend, Dan Young. What's going on, Dan? How you doing today? How you doing, my friend? I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. Last summer, I was out there at that cool office that you have there, well-branded office with orange and black all over the place. So it's good to catch up. Yeah, we 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 opened another one. Well, we're opening another one. It's uh, we just finished it. Uh, the outside of the building's completely done. It's identical to this one. Um, it's in Elbert Lee. Nice location, right on a main strip. Uh, that's our that's our next spot. That'll be number well number three for buildings. So, three buildings, awesome. Three buildings, yeah. Looking forward to digging into a little bit of that. And I wanted to have you on, Dan. Obviously, we we've, we've developed a a good friendship, a good working relationship over the past several years, probably five years or so. And you're one of the most branded and marketing minded roofing company owners that that I know. So, and you've got a great story, you've got a great heart, you've uh, got a great mission. And I just wanted to get on and kind of give you the spotlight to share some of that. So for those people who don't know Dan Young, Young Construction, give us an overview. Well, you know, we're a company that's uh, been in business for 22 years, um, 23 years actually. 
and uh, that that we've been branded as this company. And 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 one of the things that was interesting for us is we started with retail. And, and those of you that do storm restoration, you know what I mean. It's uh, I didn't know anything about the storm side. And I used to think about that, like, okay, am I missing out on something? And now, you know, nowadays we're probably 80% store restoration, 20% the other, the other retail way. But, you know, during the last 22 years, you know, we, one of the main things I figured out was that you got to build a brand. And I truly believe that, that, that will guide you through when things slow down or, or maybe you don't, you know, we don't chase outside our area. I have no desire to, you know, maybe a couple of hours we'll go. But other than that, we, we, we like to stick around our area and, and, uh, and utilize the name brand, use like branding. And it's one of the things that, that I always found with Joseph when I first met him was, and I recommend you all the time, very kind words, by the way, but I, I do that because, because I think that if you're going to spend money and you just had somebody was spending 10%, was it? Of their revenue? Yes. Uh, the one, the post I made the other day. Yes. And I'm a big fan of spending a, a large percent. I, I am. I have no problem with that. But not when you're starting out and you can't afford it. And, 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 and uh, you know, branding is going to take you time. Joseph talks about this all the time. To get where we're at with branding, you're not going to do this in a, in a, in a short amount of time. You, you, you got to look at this in a long stretch. It's like putting a radio ad out or whatever back in the day and thinking that, oh, I'm going to get all these customers. It doesn't work that way. It takes a long time to brand it. Hey guys, real quick, just want to jump in here and give some clarity to what Dan is talking about. Here at Contractor Dynamics, we are a marketing training company. We work with roofing companies exclusively, and what we do is we train them on how to do their own marketing in-house. So we have been working with Dan and his wife, Tammy, and their team for a few years now. We have trained a couple of their in-house marketing people. I've personally been out there in their office training their entire company, their sales team, on going out there to job sites and creating videos and contributing to their marketing that way. So that's something that my team and I do all day, every day. That is what Dan's referring to when he talks about bring your marketing in-house. They have a full-time in-house marketing person, a full-time in-house video person. You might not be at that level where you have that person yet, but if you have any questions about how to take more control over your marketing so you can build your brand and grow with confidence, then feel free to reach out to Contractor Dynamics on our website at the link below, and we'll be happy to give you some clarity on how you can do that. You know, nowadays we're looking at where do we brand? I, I am, I'm, I'm personally as an owner, as a leader, I'm looking out at how do I brand into the next generation for my kids and my family and those. And some of that we can get into later here, but some of it we're doing right now, we we brand our local schools all over with uh, pencil giveaways, uh, water bottle giveaways. We bring our name and our brand into the school. That's your future customers for your kids. And people will say, well, it's, yeah, I'm targeting. I'm targeting the next generation of customers. Why wouldn't you? It's no different than McDonald's and a Happy Meal, right? That was really cool. I saw that on uh, social media the other day. And people that don't know you might be like, oh, you're just, you know, trying to, you know, get in the brains of kids. And that might be part of it. But I know that you and your family and Young Construction are very heavily involved in your communities and all year long. It's a part of what you guys do. So uh, for anyone thinking that, uh, hey, you know, that's a cheap shot trying to, 
you know, get brand brand to the kids, you know, while they're still young, you know, that's kind of a byproduct of it. You guys truly care about your communities and support them. So that was, that was cool. You were given like pencils and backpacks, water bottles, notebooks, uh, branded young construction, right? Absolutely. And, and, and I'll even say, you know, like nowadays, most of the kids, at least with my kids, you know, they're in sports, um, or active in school. My kids are, my twins are 15 and my daughter's 13. And with your, with your kids and branding, yes, I mean, you could say that, I guess, you know, I, I also look at the fact that most of the schools don't have everything they need. And there's a lot of kids in school that don't have the, the blessings that my mm-hmm. kids do. And so some of the stuff that I try to make sure is I don't selective do anything. When you give away the backpacks with your name, they're just a, a vinyl cheap backpack, but the kids like that because they're most of them have notepads now and they shove everything in this little thing, throw it over their shoulder. You know, some kids, maybe they don't have, I mean, you think a pencil is no big deal, but some of the kids don't have, you know, uh, uh, the same home life that maybe my children do. So some of our branding is geared towards water bottles, backpacks, pencils, stuff that they can use in the school. And, and, and I think that's what matters. It, and and sure you're gonna you're gonna get your brand in there. Of course you are. You're gonna take it home. Their parents are gonna see it. It's it's a no brainer. But we also sponsor the football, baseball, wrestling. Um, this is what we donate our money to. I'm when you talk about branding, I'm a big fan of supporting the community. And 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 in that sense, yes, you're gonna get branding out of that. Of course you are. Why wouldn't you? But at the same time, you can give back to the community, to your area. It's it's a, a win-win situation both directions. 100%. Yeah, I love that, how involved you guys are in your communities. So you, you've thrown around this this word branding and brand uh, a couple dozen times already. What does that mean to you and or, you know, if you had a you know a younger roofing company, contracting company owner just starting out, like, Dan, like, you know, what, what's this brand thing you talk about and maybe not get into yet, like what they should do, but like what define it? What does it mean to you? You know, there was a point, I think I was probably 10 years into this and I thought, man, I need to, I need to blow this company up. I'm going to start doing storm chasing and blah, blah, blah. You know how we get sometimes we want more. At yeah. least driven people do, right? We, right. we're a dri- most of the people that I know that are successful they, they, they're similar to me where we don't know when to stop and, uh, nor do I want to, to be honest with you. I love what I do. So, but it, when you, when you're talking about branding, I, I often hear this and, and I'm going to speak about this at one of the conferences. I often hear that, you know, our industry is recession proof because of storm restoration and, and it's just not true. And I wish more people would talk about this. Maybe I'll give you that you can get work if you want to drive six hours or fly to another state or see the next hurricane. Of course, that's a different system. But if you want to stick around home, if you have family and kids and, and you you want to be with them and, and have somewhat of a life, I, I think that, you know, you talk about it often, five mile famous. I mean, you're going to create a circle and you're going to do your marketing and it's going to take time to get your name out. And if you consistently do that on all the right platforms, it's not just one thing. A few years down the road, you'll see you'll see benefits of what we're talking about here, and and it's why I wanted to do this podcast with the, with Joseph. That's one of the things that we're both very passionate about. He's done it with his company. I remember when he was sitting in the first conferences and we met, and I think it was about a year or two into it. I walked up and I said, "Okay, 
we're going to do your thing. And he goes to explain it all. He says, no, I, I watched you. I paid attention to what you do. I'm good. Just whatever it is, here's here's my uh, in-house marketing. And and that, I, I will touch on that for Joseph here. We brought everything in-house and I mean everything. Everything we do, I slowly brought in-house, meaning we do have some outside companies that, that handle our, our, our technical stuff and things like that, but we have in-house um, marketing 100%. I have a videographer that sets this stuff up. It's, it's very, very, um, when you grow, as you're able to afford to do what I'm talking about, that's what I suggest. Nobody cares more about your brand than you. And I'll hand it back to you, but that's pretty much why we do what we do. Yeah, so Dan, that's, that's something that I am passionate about we built a business around it, which is, you know, training companies on how to do it themselves in-house, maybe not necessarily 100%, but a majority of it, because yes, there are technical aspects, things that you probably shouldn't do in-house. And we can touch on some of those, but what was that inflection point? Or was it a pain point where you're like, man, you know, I'm doing a lot of this marketing and we need to hire someone in-house to do some of this stuff. Like what was that point? I think when I, I remember when I get my first million, it was just me. You know, and back then a million was quite a bit of money. It is now, <laughs> and it was like like hitting five million now, and I was so happy. But then I realized, you know, I, I was still focused on building this brand that I wanted. And my wife um, used to be in radio, and so oh, I think about ten years ago, she came into the company, and we used to before the internet and all this was huge like it is now we would use radio and and that type of newspaper and that type of marketing which we still do but i will say that you know nowadays most of it is right here what we're doing today and when you're when you're trying to build that brand when you're when you're working towards that goal it's the biggest thing is uh, you're not going to be able to afford a lot of the things and i get it and i and i do want to point that out cuz i when when i read that thing about i thought it was a 10% that you brought up that somebody was spending in I thought to myself, 10%, you could you could do quite a bit in-house. We do do outside services. We do have outside services because some stuff, your, your marketing person needs to be marketing your brand. You still are going to have to hire people that, that handle um, the, the technical side, the, the side that tells you how many hits you're getting on an ad, how many ads are are the ads to be playing those there's there's another part to that and those people to be honest i've changed that at least once a year sometimes because if it's not producing then I, i'll make a change well yeah and the, the only way that you're able to to tell if it's not producing is by having an understanding of marketing and having someone in-house that does understand how to look at the reports and say hey this is not working like we're not getting the return that we want so the only way to understand that is to really like know some of it. And just to, just to jump in there, to give you guys some context on Dan's Ventures a couple of times, I wrote a post uh, on my social media the other day and it was after, and I do this, I try to do this a lot because I try to like paint the picture and just kind of get people, I like I'm so focused on education, right? So I met with this roofing company owner, they're about a eh, one and a half, $2 million a year company spending like Dan said over was over 10% on marketing on Google ads and some uh, radio station thing and just not getting results to the point where it's really like putting a squeeze on their on their business on their financials on their cash flow 
they're just getting like a, a abysmal return. And so, yeah, like that's, and that's not, you know, maybe it's not their fault. Maybe it's not the marketing agency's fault. It's just like this, they don't, they don't know what they don't know. So, you know, they came across us, we had a conversation and what ultimately we're going to help them with is like training their, you know, basically the, the, the wife of the husband and wife business on how to do some of this themselves. And they're going to save a lot of money and ideally get better results because they are building that brand. So when Dan talks about like as a small company, yet yeah, it might be attractive to do Google ads and SEO and all these things that you might see young construction doing, but you got to be careful that, you know, if you are putting that money out, then you, then you know, quickly, like, is it working? Is it not? Because that can bury you. And, uh, that's, that could be tough. So be careful. Yes. Uh, it, it, a good, a good company will have a, in my opinion, eventually when you reach the point, we'll have a in-house marketing. Um, for us, we were one of the first people to implement a videographer. I see that a lot more companies are doing that now. I was one of the first, in, in my opinion, that I seen the the benefit of it. Those are two separate positions, in my opinion, by the way. I don't think you should hire a videographer to do your marketing, and I don't think you should hire a marketing person to do your videography. I truly believe that's critical. Now, when you get to that point, but let's touch on that guy, because I remember being that guy, that one to two million. When you're doing an ad and, and you're sitting down, don't just come up with a, an idea all the time and spend that money. Sit down with the people, the leaders in your company and in a room and 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 hammer out where you're going to go and what, what you're targeting. And Joseph will guide this a lot, but what am I going to spend? What's my ad spend on Google? What's my ad spend on, on newspaper? What's my ad spend? And I still do newspaper. I mean, there's people that still, most of it's online now, but you need to know where you're earmarking your money months before you spend that ad. And I still do that. Every year we, we, we look at where we were and we project where we want to be. And we, we kind of have an idea now, just so you know, during that time, I'll come up with something that I think is kind of cool and, and, and I'll throw a pink Panther in the pool or I'll give away beach towels to the pools. I did that this year. There's stuff that I'll do that I, I call uh, my my extras. And I do always put, if I'm spending a certain amount, I always have a certain amount tagged for, you know, the kids, the school, some, some, some giveaway, something to give back to the community, which is huge. I, I, I truly believe if you give back as a company, you're going to get more shares and likes out of that than any of your ads. Uh, and sometimes that's going to be a huge, that's another one that I think don't get talked about a lot, Joseph. Um, sometimes we forget. If I do something with the Humane Society, as an example, and I let's say I'm going to give them, you know, donate some money for dog food or, or like and share, and we will donate $100 to your favorite charity and whatnot. There's six different charities, and now I shared my information with the six different charities. Those charities and all the people that are connected with them now shared your information. So you're what you're really doing there when you do stuff like this is you're you're covering so much more ground on the internet and in social media because you're basically using what your what your giveaway would have been anyway and something that you care about, and you have other people that are doing it, and that's why you'll see a lot of ours like and share your favorite charity and we will give them a hundred dollars towards, towards what you, you care about. And 
you 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 essentially the thousand dollars you spent went five times further in marketing. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that, you know, you do it because intrinsically, like you guys like doing that. And then again, you're you're getting business as a byproduct of that. And a large part of that is I believe that the trust. It's like, all right, well, these guys are involved in the community. They care about animals. They care about veterans. They care about, you know, whatever else is going on. There's just that like sense of trust. Like they're good people. I can trust them. I feel comfortable about them. And I, I'm sure you you guys get that a lot where it's like they're, you know, similar how to you, you came to me after watching me for a year. You're like, I don't want to hear the pitch. I just, you know, let's work together. I'm sure you guys get that a lot from homeowners where they're like, yeah, just you do my roof. You're doing my project. Like I already chose you. But and and you and you do it yourself. So even when you're marketing your company now, it's there's two two directions here. There's we'll do a finished Friday. And we'll show a roof or siding, a house that we completed. That's direct marketing on what we do as a business. And then there's marketing on what you do in the community and, and, and the people that you touch and the things that you reach out to. Those are two different types. And when you start to see this, this as it is, because if you're not seeing this as we're talking about, as I'm talking about it, it, it it's going to affect you. No, not everybody wants to just see a picture of a roof on our, our finished Friday. I mean, they want to see it. I mean, you can push that as your marketing, but to be perfectly honest, if you if you have somebody tracking your marketing, you know what they're watching? They're watching when the Pink Panther jumped in the pool. They're watching when you're giving uh, pencils out to their kid's school. Now, when they see Finished Friday, they're correlating your name with with what you do. And, and you start to see a bigger picture of what we're talking about. This takes time. And, and, and you're not going to do this overnight. I, I just, but if you're consistent with this and consistently doing this, it's not in the beginning, you can do this really relatively inexpensive. I'm Joseph can guide you in that. It, a lot of it is just getting away from being shy in front of the camera and talking to him as your friend, you know, Joseph Smith. And when you start to do that and share with people from your heart, the people that you're sharing with are going to start to um, understand, do your marketing that way. You know, sure, it's the same thing. People can, they can smell phony. They can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When you're, when you're just, you know, looking for the sale, when it's all about you as a sales rep or the owner, people can sniff that out. When you're truly like interested in helping people make smart decisions about their property or whatever it is that you do, uh, they can, they can feel that, especially on video where they can see your body language, tonality, like they can, you know, they could just see your eyes. There's so much that goes into that. That's why video is so powerful. It's so, so powerful. That's why we're doing this today. I just, I just seen one where, where it was a, a video of a guy and I'll leave the company name. They just, uh, they came out screaming like, we're the ones. And if you have a storm, we're going to, you know, how many of those I see when it happens in, in the hurricane, uh, it didn't even hit yet. Or if it did, I think it fizzled out yet. It's interesting because you you could have done much better, in my opinion, as soon as I saw it, to say, hey, you know, we understand at this time that you guys got a lot more to think about than, you know, a storm tearing your roof off. You know, what we want to do is help you, you know, fix your house and repair it. Give us a call. People are going to understand that passion a lot more than we're here for you. You know, you're <laughs> what you should be, which is fine. But what you should be is talking about protecting their family and home 
and the people they care about first, and then coming in and and say, you know, we're also here once the storm passes. I even in what we do, we have straight line winds. When we market that, we we are very careful about, you know, we hope everybody's okay. You know, we care about you. When this is over, give us a call. We'll have emergency crews out trying to protect your home. And and so people can tell they can tell the difference. I think so many, man, so many companies. And we have, we work with you know a decent amount of clients that do, do storm restoration. Not not chasing like all companies like yours that are focused on building on brand, of course. And there's you know you just see in the industry like you can see those companies that are like all right you know storms coming can't wait we waiting for a big one you know like that's like it's like profiteering off a storm like that's not it's just such a turnoff like it's such a turnoff. You got to have some kind of balance there, don't you, Joseph? You do. Yeah. I, I, I think that, yes, do we get excited when, you know, there's potentially thousands of houses with a hailstorm? Sure. Because if nobody got hurt, I mean, that's, you know, but that, you know, you also have to put yourself in the shoes of there's probably what, that's nowadays probably 10% that aren't even insured. I mean, and, and how many people that are going to get um, screwed over by their insurance company here? Are not paid up. There's so much more to it that if it's not your house, you, you know, unless you've been in that situation, it's just a whole different ballgame, you know, and surrounding yourself. And I was going to talk about this with you, surrounding yourself as much as possible with like-minded people. And, and it's something that I see that you've really stepped up in your company. You, you got people that have been with you a long time. I have people that have been with me for years and years. Um, Sometimes employees, you know, they come and go, but you know, when you're doing this marketing and I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up because it's really important. Certain positions, almost every position in your company should have a back backup. And, and the reason is, is that tomorrow somebody could quit or get hit by a bus. They always say, or whatever marketing and uh, different parts of your company, just have somebody that knows how to do that position. So if something ever happens, you have the ability to hold on so you're not rushed to just replace them. And and because I don't think any position in your company should be just I'm hiring a guy or a gal. I, I, I think that that key person um, should be training somebody to, to do it when they're sick or, or whatever, but mainly to keep your machine going. If you're running a legitimate company and a, and a, and a company that can run, you know, I can leave right now and I can go somewhere and do what I want without worrying about my company. I don't have to be in the mix like I used to. That's taken years, by the way. And with people like me and Joseph, it's hard for people like us to let go. You know, it is, and I don't know. You know, I heard you talk about that one day and I thought, God, that's so much me. But you have to let people do it their way because that's their way. Just because you think you have a better way doesn't always mean that you're as a leader, you are probably not. And so when you start to do that, then your company can run without you and you can go on a vacation. You can go enjoy your time. That said, I still probably keep my phone on me, but you know, it's hard to let go, isn't it? It is. It is, but yeah, this could be a whole other episode, but you know, when you hire by core values and you have that common vision and you have role clarity and you have good communication in your organization, then when you have those right people, then you realize that if you're not letting go, 
then you're actually holding them back from growing because they're not going to be learning how to lead or learning new skill sets and learning how to solve problems. And that's why you see so many companies that are so owner dependent is because they don't let go and or, you know whether it's they don't have the right people or whatever it might be ego just you know they don't believe they can but their companies are never able to grow beyond beyond their own personal ceiling of hustle that's so true i have so many people my production coordinator worked for me for five years this year i think she'll hit two million in sales i thought well this is a hard it was a hard position to replace by the way just so you know but they're the same values that we have. Most of the people that Joseph has met in my company, Angelica actually is uh, transitioning into business development now. And it's a new position that we created. Um, I, I, I felt that it's time uh, to create that position. I And when you ask me what the job description is, to be honest, we're still working on it. But I, I know what my idea is with it, and I know where I want to go with it. I want to develop business prior to a storm, prior to them needing the service. And so to be able to do that, I can't kind of do it. I, I I have to create this position to do that. Otherwise, you have a sales guy that's trying to do something that's really not their job. And so yep. it's it's with this new position, uh, me and Angelica and my my wife and, and the key people in our company sat down and we're coming up with the job description and what they're going to do. I, I bought a new vehicle for this it's it's the growth um we're kind of doing a almost a franchise system with ours now where all, all our locations are same colors same building same it's a repeat process because it's working and uh with this position there there you know i talked to a couple friends in bigger companies that have similar positions and and one of the things that came up is uh this is a position that could take a year or two to put in implement I'm right. I'm if I was going to invest in anybody to do this it would be her in this position because she's one of the people just like everybody here but she's one of the people that that I I feel that will take it to the next level and if I don't do this with the people that work for us the people that are part of us they'll go somewhere else most people that are driven they have to keep being driven and if you don't um allow them a path to 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 where where they need to be they're going to go their own way and it's nothing personal way one of my best i had a marketer and girl that went on to other things katiba great mm -hmm. person but yeah i'm happy because when they came to us they were in a position that that they didn't like and they had no growth those the, those type of people are like me i was I happy? I'm never happy to lose somebody good, but I would rather see that because every time that I see them now, they're like, "Hey, thank you so much. We, I'm doing everything I wanted to do now," and that's yeah, no, that's cool. I saw you tagged her in something the other day. Like, you know, that's that's really cool to have that. And Angelica sounds yeah, perfect role for her. I know she's done a few different roles in your company, and she's very smart. She's almost an extension of you, I would say. So that's that's cool. We're actually uh, about to start hiring for that position as well, and uh, I could share our job our job description and roles and things like that with you if you want. Press uh, put on paper because we just start. Everybody's like, "What's this position?" I said, "Oh, I, yeah. I I know. I actually know what the position is. I do. I, I have a you know. I just want to make sure that you have. Um, I, I believe with any job, we'll talk about that real quick. I believe any job in your company, 
shouldn't be a position that you make stuff up and that you think is this or that. It should be written mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. Oh yeah. And it should sell out. And just so you know, things can change on that piece of paper. And when you're given this job description to somebody, you need to be clear that this job description is changeable because yeah. sometimes people get pigeonholed and, and sometimes they want to be pigeonholed. And I don't allow that. I, I think that, that if you're going to work in a company for growth, that you have to be open to change. And sometimes it's just, uh, at least with us as a company and, you know, even Nick today, I had to call him to come pick me up at a, at a place where I was driving a car off. He just did that. That's oh. just, part. he didn't complain. That's not my job. I, I, that's not my job is the worst thing in, that's ever been said in a company. Almost in my opinion. Because- yeah. I, and when you have that, when you have that, that common vision and you bring that clear vision, you bring someone on for a set, Hey, here's the roles and responsibilities. Here's what this role looks like. Uh, you know, either you and, or that person can at some point say, Hey, Dan, what I'm doing right now is not really like consistent with like the vision that you have. I think I can do these things over here, uh, to better, you know, support us. Like that's, that's awesome too. That's great leadership. So. Oh, absolutely. And, and sometimes, and I've started doing this more the last couple of years where I used to be uh, real quick to answer and I'm trying harder not to be quick to answer on things. I'm trying harder. If a customer calls in to complain, it happens, believe it or not, even if oh, you have yeah. a good name. If, if a problem comes up, as a driven person, sometimes I, I make the mistake of responding real quickly, or too quickly or having this. I bound that if I take a day and I say, you know what, I, I got to calm down here. I got to think about this. My answer the next day is entirely different than what would have been if I had responded. There's certain times where it's better not to even call the other person or speak to them about it. Say, hey, you know, I'm going to deal with this in the morning or the next day. And that 24-hour lapse, especially on important things, if you're upset, especially, give it a little bit of time, you know, so you're not making a rash decision in your company. You know, some of those rash decisions will come back to haunt you later because, you know, if you're like me, you know, I'm passionate you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we, we, we tend to say something or do something that we wouldn't have the next day. Yeah. Especially as owners were, we're emotional. And uh, I found, I've seen that like our team members are able to handle things and solve issues that what in a much more just like level headed way, not that I'm not level headed, but just, you know, as an owner, I'm just emotional. And I, yeah, I, I get that. Dan, 22 years in 23 years in, uh, amazing stuff awesome brand. And I know you're very involved in the industry. You go to a lot of conferences. You're always looking to learn. You talk about that a lot. Like you're always looking to learn. Where do you see, you know, a lot of like contractors, business owners kind of get stuck or or get in their own way? Do you see some patterns there, some common elements there? You know, I I think you have to decide what type of company you're going to be. If you're going to be a self-employed company, that's an entirely different set. Uh, when I first started, that's what I was. I was self-employed and I had a few employees. If you're going to build a company, you need to build a company with systems and the systems have to be in place enough to where you eventually are not doing all the stuff you think you have to do. Cause that's what we do. We tend to say, oh, I got to do that. The only thing I kept in house entirely so far has probably been 
finances and they usually do that even with an accountant but just because that's just the, about it but most everything now is is somebody in in the system and then i also because i always hear we're recession proof i think at least from my point of view that i would never just rely on young construction to provide my retirement my income for my family and my my completely everything for myself um, and I and I urge this for everybody. We have with us. We have medical retirement, um, all that. But even though the people that work for me, I'm always preaching. Hey, you know, what are you doing for your future, for your kids' future, for uh, generational wealth? What are you doing? Are you doing anything? Is it just you, you think that your construction company's just that's it? Because it's not. And, and so I, I'm a big fan of investing in other areas, whatever that might be for you. Mine happened to be real estate. And I've done that for now for 20 years. So I, you know, I, I did start another company. I, I'm building homes, twin homes, uh, custom homes. And I formed that company under another LLC. If Young Construction does a job for them, I have to write them a check. So it's, a, it's another entity and you have to really know the separation. I, I think it's important if you're going to do that. But what I'm trying to say with this is as you're building your company, you know, the old saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. If I could give anything to a younger version of myself, that's, that's what I give to you. Be smart enough to know that, that you could be making good money that year, but the next year you might not make as much. And, and, and knowing where to direct the excess money to for retirement and for, for things in the future. You know, I love passive incomes, my favorite. So it's, it's, I guess that's the one thing I would point out to somebody in this is from the day you start till the day you decide to sell or give it to your kids or your family, I think it's critical that you invest in other baskets. Right on. That's very wise. Yeah. Uh, listen up, everyone, for sure, uh, including myself. So, and that brought, you mentioned that, uh, you kind of alluded to that. You might have a great year this year. Don't be tempted to go out and buy that big truck, buy the boat, buy the house, you know, basically thinking like, hey, every year is going to be like this year and we're going to, you know, we're going to grow by 50% every year and I'm going to be making this much money and there are ups and downs, right? Some of the best lessons I've ever learned for were some of the bigger companies. I'm friends with a, I'll leave him nameless, but I'm friends with a guy that he has a huge, he's so part of it. But one of the biggest lessons I got from him was scaling up and scaling down. And nobody wants to look at scaling down. We're saying, let's say we're at um, 20 million this year. We don't want to look at going back down to 10, right? You're never going to do that. Never going to happen. But the, but the issue is, in my opinion, you have to be able to do that. And and if you want to, unless you want to chase all over the United States or there, there's different, I mean, I won't hundred percent. If you don't agree with it, great. I understand. But I have found that if you go to a certain amount, say 20 million, we'll use that as any number. And then you were going to go back down. This works for 1 million to 5 million. And let's say you hit 5 million, you want to go down to three. Then, then you find next year, you're going to go down to 3 million. Both are, are very important. It's almost more important, in my opinion, to be able to scale down than it is to scale up. Because what I mean by that is that did you take on so much more debt, so much more expenses, so much more people that you're unwilling or unable to scale back down to the lower number? 
you should always keep that in mind. It's the biggest mistake I see. I see companies that they'll go to a conference. I've done this for a long time. I've been going for many, many years. And one year, they're at $60 million. Two years later, I don't see them. They scale down, way down. So it's, it's what I'm trying to say is that keep your expenses in line with where you're able to um, let's say well, Colorado, prime example, six years or five years, they had no storms. This year they're, oh, look at us. We're, but during that five years, you know how many companies didn't make it? Mm-hmm. And the, the companies that did, just so you know, one of my friends is there, they knew how to scale down. They scaled down and they waited it out. And and I think that it's, that it's critical that you learn how to do that in this industry. It really is. That's such a great point. And a part of that is knowing your numbers. It's huge. So knowing your fixed costs, your debt, your overhead expenses, your labor, like knowing all those numbers. If you do need to go down from five to one or 10 to three or whatever that might be, or even 10 to seven, then you can still run your business. You can still maintain that profitability. Your family is not impacting, you know, things like that. Well, and and you and I both know in this industry, it's the one thing that nobody talks about. They all talk about, when I hear people talk, they all talk about, I sold 60 million, I sold 20 million, 50 million. Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm, you want to help people out? Start telling them the truth. The truth is, is that not every year is good. The truth is, is that sometimes you're going to have to cut expenses. You want to keep a legitimate company going for 22 years. I can tell you right now, you better learn to scale down once in a while. It's going to happen. Maybe I'm not that guy. I mean, I suppose there's somebody out there right now that's going to say, well, I just did 80 million. I'm going to do 100 million next year. Okay, then you're different than me. But from somebody that's done this a long time and I'm trying to help somebody that's new, I want them to be aware of this part because I had it happen. I had it happen at 5 million where we had a, a huge storm come come through, I remember years ago, and and we went from five to a higher number and and the revenue wasn't coming in because it was storm related. And so I was carrying more than I ever had to carry. And I tell you this because it's what happened to me. It's the hard lesson I learned. And so I positioned myself to where I know there's certain amounts of money that I won't do. I won't, there's certain numbers I won't sell no more because I'm not able to, to scale to that point and keep the quality into percentages of profit that I want. It sounds really good to say I'm going to do 50 million because it's available, but then you go sell 50 million and, and then the work's crap. People start failing on their jobs. They, you, your structure wasn't built to handle 50 million. It was only built to handle 30. It, you, you need to know these differences. And then the reason I bring it up is because I've seen so many people lose everything because they didn't have the ability to carry the money, the expenses, and do the jobs at the profitability. And and if you ask me the other one, do less money and more profit. That's, yeah. that's huge. Why why you, why you want to sell some big job? And 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 I could have done two jobs that, that, that are smaller and I, I made more money on those two small jobs than you did on your 1,000 square. I, I would have made more on two. It's know your number, stick to your number, and and then just refuse to be a slave to, to you know, the, the trying to sell more. 
Yeah, refuse to be. Yeah, for sure. The people don't talk about that. You're right. Growth is expensive. Like growth, we're in growth mode right now. And we are a little bit overstaffed right now because we like to hire in advance, which is normal. But it's, you know, it's our profits not, you know, it's it's still good, but like it's lower because we're over invested in people right now. So yeah, just being aware of that. It's uh that's a good thing though, because you just touched on one of the hardest ones to scale back on. Say because you care about people. Sometimes you have a system and and you hire people that you're passionate about. And then you if you don't have the revenue to keep those people. You have to know at that moment, this is the hardest thing too, because you're personally attached. You have to know that I'm going to have to scale back and sit down and take a hard look at what you got to scale back on until you're back up. And being honest and open about it is much better than than the alternative. And then everybody in the whole company suffers. It is. It's a balance. And this is the truth. That's why I wanted to do this podcast, because I feel that sometimes in our in our what we're doing and and, and passionate people like you. And, and and I feel that I'm a passionate person on what I do, that that some of the people that are the gurus in our industry are not sharing the negatives. When do we as an industry, we want our industry to be better. Let's start sharing the truth about good and bad and a balance and knowing, you know, hey, I'm 22 years in, I can tell you I almost failed a few times. It's going to happen. And and those are the times where you, some of what we're talking about today, we could help you. I can tell you right now, Joseph Hughes is probably the best money you will ever spend on marketing. And I, I say that not to necessarily just say pat him on it, but I say it because bringing it into your company, there's nobody that cares more about your money than you. And and so when you hire outside your company, it's 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 in my opinion is you have to, but if you're involved with it yourself. Nobody cares about your success more than you. It just, it's just the way it is. All right, guys, I am not going to let Dan sit there and throw so much praise at us without jumping in here and letting you know about what we do and how you might be able to work with us. That would be irresponsible of me as a leader because one of our core values is helping our clients and one another win. I want to help you win. So if you're interested in learning more about how to take your marketing in-house, even if you just have any questions about, hey, how do I do that? I'm a one-man band, or hey, we got a big company, I got a marketing manager, or maybe I do want to hire an in-house marketing person. How do I do that? How do I put these pieces in place? Really vibing with what Dan Young is saying right now. I'm really like nodding my head like, yes, this is the type of business that I want to build. Then feel free to reach out to me and us at Contractor Dynamics. I'll put the link below. You can go to our website, contractordynamics.com. Feel free to schedule a quick 15 to 30 minute call. This is not a sales call. We're going to throw a bunch of stuff at you and try to pitch you. When you go to our website and schedule a call, that Zoom call will be with me personally or Elizabeth Lytle here on our team who is our integrator and runs the day-to-day. It'll be with either one of us two and we will walk you through and ask you some questions about your business, kind of where you are, where you want to go, what you've tried with marketing so far, what you're doing right now, and we'll give you clarity on how you can better and more effectively leverage marketing and building your brand to grow your company with confidence, with predictability and consistency. So again, if you're vibing with what Dan is saying, I appreciate 
appreciate the endorsement that that he just gave us and the feelings mutual i'm honored to be able to work with awesome guys feel free to go to our website contractor dynamics schedule a call that's going to be with myself or elizabeth lytle here on our team we'll just walk you through some questions and really give you some insight whether or not we ever talk again after that call you will have some clarity some more clarity on on how to use marketing to grow your business all right so that's my little commercial now back to dan Appreciate that, Dan. Yeah. I mean, we, we work with, we have marketing consultants that we work with and we speak with them week, like multiple times every week. Like we're actively working with them and, uh, and that's, that's a key aspect of that. But yeah, like you're so right with, with that fact that we're always, especially on social media, right? It's the highlight reel. It's, you know, everyone's talking about the new truck and growing and all that. And, and I still, you know, I get messages sometimes like I, I, uh, most days I send out like happy birthday text messages and, and DMs, uh, cause you know, Facebook shows you whose birthday it is. Right. So and I'll send a few and I got one today and I get these, you know, kind of regularly, this guy reached out to, he's like, Hey, looks like you're killing it. looks like you're crushing it. It looks like you're growing. I see you growing like, and that's great. I, I do appreciate that. But I also, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, that's like the social media end of it. And yeah, we're doing well, but they, there's challenges every day. Like I have the same challenges as, as everyone has, you know? So I think I can, I can do a better job at sharing some of those. Like, yeah, it might look like we're growing and we are, but like there's a whole lot that goes on beneath the surface. It's like, it's like that analogy of the duck. You see a duck in a pond, just kind of like gliding along nice and peaceful, but under the water, it's freaking paddling like crazy to, to make it, you know, to make it go that way. So I think we could all do a better job at, you know, sharing some of that. I think like, you know, you're talking about that. And, but the, the thing is, is that when, when I go to the conferences and there, I love going, I, cause I get to meet my friends, hang out with them, go to dinner. Uh, me and Joseph will go to dinner. I, 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 I know a lot of people in the industry, some of my best friends, um, I, I go to, to baseball games, football games, we hang out so so when winter comes for me in iowa it slows down iowa minnesota and so i i'm able to do more but you got to understand and, and and i just keep thinking what can i give back to the industry at this point to to the people that are starting out and the ones that are from let's say from zero to five million five million to ten million those those people you know the biggest thing you can give to them is to share how you got out of a situation rather than, you know, Hey, yeah, I just sold another 10 million. They don't, maybe they need help with uh, what they, what they're doing with their marketing, what they're doing with their finances, their numbers, you know, figuring out your profitability on a job. One of my favorite ones I had learned in the very, very early, what does it cost to put the key in the door and open it and really truly do that twice a year. I'm, I'm actually due. So I'm going to be a hard on myself and do it again. So I try to do this twice a year. I don't mean like your sales. I mean, what does it cost if you made no money that month to put the key in the door and open it and, and, and knowing that number and then divide that by 12 and that's your year. That's what you got to generate before you have a penny. Those numbers are critical. You, you got to know those because when you say somebody was spending 10%, it, it's interesting to me because the first thing I thought was, do they know? Did they know they were spending 10%? And if they did, are they sure it wasn't 20%? Because for me, when I put the key in the door every now and then, once every six months, 
what is my expenses? And what I mean, like your truck, your building, how much does it cost, your insurance, your your, your work comp, all that per month where I have the, the essentials that you have to have for that company. So if you're doing 5 million, what is it? And that's going to tell you real, real quickly what you need to generate to even break even. It's sometimes we forget those numbers. We, we just keep going this direction. So now if I wanted to scale anyway, how am I going to scale when I don't even know what I need to put the key in the door? Yeah. It's, I love that. It's really interesting because, and sometimes when you do it, you're like, what it does for me is it, is it tells me that, hey, I'm going to pay off these two trucks next year in that trailer. And, and so I can buy a new vehicle and keep my number at a certain level where I'm not opening the door and spending the same amount. So it's, it, 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 I, I have a rule about that too, to where if you're getting equipment or buying trucks or as if you're like us, when you grow before you buy the new one, trying to um, take care of the other ones. So you're, so you're opening the door cost is relatively where you need it to be. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And those expenses, they, they creep up because it's like, oh, the, this thing's a thousand bucks a month. This thing's three grand a month. I want to hire this consultant. It's a couple grand a month. And and it, it does add up. So yeah, you you mentioned that that company again, spending 10%. I have a feeling they didn't know the the monthly number until we went through it on our in our Zoom meeting. And I added it up and I said, hey, you know, you're spending 13 grand a month that that you told me about. There might be more, like you said. And I bet you, you're right. And I bet if they see this video, and and, and I mean it with because I care. I bet if they see this video and they go into their books and take a deeper look, that the number's higher. And, yeah. and and it's good. It's good to know that. It's depressing when you first know it. Yes. But if you don't, if you don't know it, then then you're not helping yourself. The biggest thing to help yourself is that feeling you get with, oh my god, it's costing me a hundred thousand dollars to open my door a month. And, and, and you'd be surprised how quickly that number escalates. Interestingly enough, how quickly you can adjust that number. There's a lot of expenses you can quickly change. I've, I've literally went through there before and said, we don't really need to do this, 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 and this. And, and there's $1,000 a month. And I think that if that, that 10,000 a month right there is a, a, a good start at having another solid employee or whatever, it's where your revenue is going, you know, is critical. You know, during COVID is a prime example. I ended up buying right before COVID six new trucks and then COVID hit. And I said to everybody, I said, well, you know what? We're going to, we're going to make do through this COVID thing and we'll get some trucks when it goes over. So I waited a year and now we're, I don't know if it changed much at all, still out there, but it's knowing your number on what you're, what's going out, your expenses. Yeah. We've talked about a few big pillars, Dan, just to kind of like zoom out a little bit on this discussion. Marketing, we've talked about leadership, and then we're talking about the finances. Uh, we talk about that a lot internally at Contractor Dynamics. Like those are those are three big pillars of, of every business. Of course, yeah, there's more, you know, sales, operations but those three things are are things that i think a lot of roofing and contracting companies our audience uh does not focus on marketing 
leadership in your systems and structure and and your your numbers. And uh, I think we if we intentionally focus on those things on a consistent basis, then we build stronger companies like Yellow Construction has here. So it seems like you've done a good job at that. I'm blessed with a lot of good people. You know, I, I really am. Uh, and and I'll even go further. It doesn't mean everything's perfect all the time. You know, I, I I still have, I still mess up and, you know, I still overreact as, uh, I guess it's, you know, just part of everybody, you know, in running a company. We have people come and go. Um, sometimes they leave bad, sometimes we leave good. And I mean, this is, it's running a business. And, and I think that one of the things I decided to do the last couple of years is be a little more blunt about the truth of it. I, I feel that there's so much sugarcoating sometimes in our industry of the next guru or the next the next thing. And and I think we need more more uh real authenticity and real you know in that area of, of what what what's good and what's bad in a company. That not everything is always good, not everything's always bad, but I learn more from the mistakes that I make especially the financial ones than I've ever learned from any of the good ones. I mean, you, you, you will always learn more from that than anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. What is it, Dan, that I know you're, you're 23 years in, so this might not apply to everyone, especially if you're just starting out your, you know, what you're doing on a daily basis in your business, on your business, that sort of thing. But I think a lot of business owners have this, uh, you know, and, and myself included, you know, you start, out your business, you want some level of freedom, you want control, you want to be able to step away, go on vacations, you know, not work a hundred hours a week, that sort of thing. And uh, but I, I think that so many, so many owners kind of stay stuck in their business because they that's their identity. And you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are addicted to the chaos and will create problems just so they can solve problems. And I'm and I'm not excluding myself, like I'm guilty of all this as well. Uh, so I think a lot of our audience, you know, has some desire to like get, you know, work more on the business and not so much in the business. Can you paint a picture for us uh, of what you do, like on a on a weekly basis? Like, what are your roles in in the construction right now? You know, I I never know. I, I've always had stuff on the side going on at all times. I, it's just part of my make. But when I started realizing that I I was building a good team and that the people that work with us when things were not everything comes to me anymore. I have some really solid people that I find out something happened later and they solved it. I think that that, that was, you know, when a person takes on a, a promotion or a job that you gave them and then you start seeing things that are taken care of, there's a lot of stuff that happens here now that I have no, I, I don't even know happened. And I, I know that sounds, but that's when I, I felt that I was growing as a company. And you, you look at that bigger picture of uh, that person taking on the job. That's what I want. I, I don't want a baby to be a babysitter for people. I, I want people to, and those are the people that you should promote from within, in my opinion, of the people that, that have that desire. You know, it's, I don't have to do everything anymore. And there's there's stuff now with the technology like supplementing. I don't do supplementing. I you I couldn't do it if I wanted to. We do that in house and and I, I, I just uh there's certain aspects of certain jobs that when I started out it was a tape measure. 
you know, we were still measuring roofs. Now everything's, you know, done with satellites. And I, I think that you have to be willing. However, I will add this, be willing to adopt every new technology that helps you business grow. And if I was going to conferences, if I was new coming into conferences, I used to try to write everything down. I try to absorb all this stuff because just it's my make. And I, ch I completely changed that years ago. I started to take nuggets. And I talk about this once in a while. I'll, I'll take 10 nuggets, five that are going to be long-term to implement. And, and, and then I always try to get four to five nuggets that are, are stuff that I can implement immediately to see if it'll help my company grow. And, and, and I'm big on those ones. So I, I, when I'm listening to somebody speak, I'm not writing everything down. I'm, I'm doing bullet points. And if I hear somebody that comes up with something that's better than I'm doing or, or sounds pretty de decent, you got to be willing to understand that, that that might be the one. So I'll start it and I'll go, hey, that's a really good idea. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that ad. I'm going to try that in my software or my computer or whatever. I'm going to have somebody do that because it might be a good idea for growth. Yeah, that's that's huge. The conference strategy, I think, like as entrepreneurs or maybe just people in general, we we're so uh, we get excited about new information and new ideas and meeting new people, and it can be overwhelming. And then you get home from the conference and you don't implement any of it. Been there, done that. So I think it's important to go into an event, understanding like, all right, here are some things that I'm looking to learn. Maybe here's some people that I'm looking to intentionally build a relationship with or ask a question. Here are the areas where I'm struggling, where I want to find out more information. Here's like a couple pieces of software that I don't like in our business. I'm going to look for alternatives. So go in with a plan and and then come back on the on the outside or on the backside of that, implementing some of those things like Dan talks about. I've seen people talk about going to a conference and not getting anything out of it. And I'm just, it just drives me crazy that, because one of the first things I'm going to ask you if you tell me that is who did you go talk to? Yeah. Who did you go speak to? Did you break out of your shell? Because the best things I ever got at a conference has been friendship, some of the best friends I've ever had. And uh, some of the best advice I've ever gotten from people has been at a conference. You go to a conference, you're spending the money. That doesn't mean that you got to write down every single thing that you're never going to look at in a folder anyway, half the time. But you write down a key item, a couple of key ones as, as you're going through the event. But the biggest one, break out of that little shell if you have one, if you're like me, you probably don't, and, and go up to people and say, hey, what are you doing tonight? You want to go out to dinner? Hey, I, you'll see me do this all the time and, I, and, I, and I, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm live because I love that. I like I like that interaction in those people. Some of those people you meet will be the ones where right now I got a couple people that I could call right now if shit hit the fan, if I was having a major bad day, and 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 they're the ones that are going to be there because because we made a connection. And those those are some of the best things. I used to go to them and people say, well, what'd you bring back from the conference? I said, well, I'm here. I, I came back with it. I do try to get at least three to five ideas that, that I can implement that would either save money or, or generate money. One of those two. Awesome. Yeah. And for you, those of you listening or watching and you see Dan at a conference and maybe you want to learn more about him and his journey, the way to his heart is by asking him out for a steak because Dan always loves a good steak. So 
Yeah, you go out to eat you know, almost every time we see each other. <laughs> yeah, it's usually a, it's usually a good steak. So, including the place that you took me to in uh, in Iowa, there uh, the Northwestern. Oh, yeah. uh, North, uh, Northwestern. Yeah, yeah, one of the best. Yeah, yeah I, I usually uh, and that's that's one of my favorites here. I take my kid there a lot. It's I see real that. Small. Yeah, that that tender uh, filet filet mignon. You know, it, it's funny because I think some of the best uh, some of the best parts about conferences is that I've ever had are probably during those dinners with people and, and interacting. Even my marketing and some of the people that some of the girls that have done my marketing, some of the guys that have done my marketing are still friends with with the Joseph's people because they connected when they started with Joseph. And, you know, it's if I have a issue with marketing or whatever, I'm going to call. You know, it's the same. You build that relationship. It's not just about the money. Those are the ones that will save you in the long run. You know, people that actually are doing what you're trying to do. Absolutely, I, I agree 100%. Dan, I want to kind of uh, start to land this plane a little bit, but we can't have this conversation without talking about talking about family. I know family is a big part of what, a uh, big part of of your world and mine as well. Family business. You guys are always traveling. It looks like I believe you do like your one-on-one trips with your kids as well so yeah just you know talk about the importance of of your family and and how i think you're you're very intentional about the time that you that you invest with with your family you know it's interesting because i've seen you start to do it now i've seen you take direct action to make sure that's happening and i was really happy when i seen that post because i can tell when you did it that you that time you really said you know what i'm going on vacation with my family and some people do it different. So I do a we, we do a family. We do two family ones always every year, two bigger ones, and then usually uh, ones in Disney or something, or or, or you know we'll do a, a trip with the family. But I I do one that I started years ago. I I intentionally take each child on their own vacation. They get to pick where they want to go, not me, because I I think that the age they're at, they're thirteen and the fifteen year olds, and and they they pick some pretty crazy places sometimes. But the, one of the reasons I started that years ago is that you, I, I feel that you'll never, ever know your kid better when it's one-on-one alone without both parents. So it's just you and the child. And my wife is usually with the other two or she'll, she'll spend time with them. I've never got to know my kids better than that. I They'll open up, they tell you everything. And, and it just is a really good time, a really good bonding time. And you know, it's funny, they'll, they'll, they'll never remember what you get them for Christmas, but they remember that time where you were in on that trip together and, and that you had a dinner together at a place or whatever, and you went to the beach and we, they remember time. They remember the experiences. Um, most kids don't remember what they got the Christmas before. It's, it's really interesting. And you start doing that and you get to know your child. I'm very blessed. My kids are uh, I'm 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 very blessed guy, but one of the things I think is, and it doesn't have to be some Mexico trip or something. It can be something, even though that's where my kids pick. But I just that's probably one of the best things I, I've done in family is one on one. Cool, yeah, that's that's awesome. And, and Dan, you've definitely inspired me to do more of that with my kids. And that's one of my my primary, I would say my biggest personal goal for this year, 2023, is to be more intentional with the time that that I spent with those, you know, in my in my circle, family, uh, certainly included. So yeah, one-on-one time is awesome. You know, you only have so many, uh, so many years with them until they're out on their own. So 
our kids are uh, eight and 11. And it's like, man, you know, we only have, you know, a few more summers left until they're kind of out on their own. So I want to maximize well, that. And they look forward to like this, the year before, like they, they, they're already looking forward. They're telling me, oh, hey, what if we went here? And I'm like, it's up to you. You know, it's usually four or five days and uh, there's no other kid there. It's just me and the one. So uh, that's three trips. I get to go on three, which is a bonus for me. But that's the perfect age, by the way, just so you know. They'll never, they'll never forget that. When the other uh, child, the other children or the other um, parent is not there, you, you just, it just changes the entire experience. That's just me, you know, maybe. That, and, and if you're not able to, you don't have to go to some special plane. It, it just seems something I came up with that works for me. Yeah. You know, to get on a plane and go anywhere it can be going to breakfast or going to the park or beach or hike or whatever. This past weekend, I was with my, I was with my son. Like he had a soccer tournament, and it was just he and I the whole weekend, and uh, that was that was great. Like good one on one time. We're driving all over New Jersey, so hours and hours in the car, and uh, yeah, just great time. So I love that part because you know sometimes it's just a football game. You yeah, we go to game, baseball game. It's a one on one. We'll go pick one of our favorite teams, and that's what we do. Absolutely. Awesome. Dan, anything, uh, this is, this has been great. I mean, we can go on for hours, of course. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your experience and your insights and your wisdom and your, your passion. Um, anything else you want to make sure you touch on before we wrap up? I'm good. I just, uh, if you, if you're out there, I, I I'm going to be out at a couple of the conferences. Uh, one of them I'm speaking at, if you ever want, just come up, hang out, we'll go I'm willing to share anything because I, I, I think that there, there needs to be more of that with no hidden agenda. You know, uh, one of the biggest things in our industry is, uh, you know, everybody has an idea for, you know, $1,000 I get. Look, you, you ever need to ask a question, it's free. You know, just give me a call. Just come up and talk to me. If you're at the events, just go up to Joseph. Say, hey, how you doing? It, 90% of this uh, industry needs to um, reach out to each other more for, for no cost. And, and then, you know, then you decide who you hire from that point. Absolutely. What, uh, what conference is that that you're speaking at, Dan? Uh, roofing Process, Demetrius. Awesome. That's coming up in Orlando in December. December. And then I'm going to the Northwest one and I'm doing the IRE. I don't know yet. Uh, maybe a few others. Nice. Yeah, we'll be we'll be at the Roofing Process Conference for sure. And uh, yeah, I, I remember that conference last year in Orlando. I remember seeing you in the hallway talking with a bunch of people, younger business owners. Just, you know, it's, yeah, like Dan really lives it. So feel free to reach out to Dan. Check out Young Construction of Northern Iowa on online. Check out Dan Young on, I think Facebook is probably your most, uh, you know, active social media profile there okay cool and you can reach me on messenger if you don't have me just go to our facebook you can find me awesome mess- i get I, I i get a lot of messages <laughs> most of mine come through we're very active and social awesome uh all right dan well thanks so much i, I tr- appreciate it this has been a couple years in the making in terms of getting us uh on here to, to have this conversation so thank you so much and look forward to seeing you at the upcoming events Thank you. I appreciate everything you do, man. 
All right, guys, there you have it. How about that? Dan is, I think you could feel it, right? A passionate, genuine human being who who truly loves life, loves business, loves his family, truly wants to help. So if you do have any questions about you know, something that you like Dan to dig in further, well, like you said, catch him at one of the industry conferences, reach out to him through their website, go hunt him down on Facebook and send him a DM. He is a, a great guy. Uh, he loves to help. He loves to pay it forward. So hope you guys got a lot of value out of this. I truly do. If you could be so kind as to share it out, maybe take a screenshot, put it on your social media, share it on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, LinkedIn, so we can get some more people that can not just follow and subscribe to Contractor Dynamics, although that's always nice, but more people who can really learn from awesome leaders like Dan because, hey, life is too short to go through and make all the mistakes that we need to make on our own. I am a huge fan of leveraging the experience, the insights, of others so that we can maybe shorten some of that learning curve, minimize, never eliminate those mistakes and really achieve you know that growth that we really want to be, do and have whatever it is that we dream of being, doing and having. So thank you guys so much. Have an amazing day. Make sure you subscribe and follow our channel for more content just like this. We'll see you soon.